Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Jody Krangle on the line. Jody, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am awesome. On the pre-show, we realized that we live kind of close to each other in yeah. the Toronto area, which is I don't know, awesome. what, like 50 minutes or something, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Unless it's a weekend of the holidays. Yeah. It might, be, it might be 50 <laughs> days, but uh, yeah, it's true. it'll be quicker to walk, you know, yes. which, you know I'll get my 10,000 <laughs> steps in. I may not be able to get further than that, but another story for another day. So uh, yeah. you do some amazing work and obviously well, you're an you. award winner and all that. So why don't you share a little bit about you with the audience and we'll dive into the conversation. Well, I'm a voice actor. That's my day job and what I love to do day in and day out. And uh, yeah, I've been doing that about uh, 15 years. So um, yeah, uh, what uh, what sort of the evolution of this for me was when I got really into the voiceover, I discovered that a lot of productions and a lot of people who are making videos and things like that don't give the sound the... Um, the, the do that it's needed. Um, and I, I wanted to delve a little into that because I am a part of an audio brand, really. So the audio umbrella that all of the things audio go under for a company, a voice is obviously a part of that. So I decided that I was going to delve a little deeper into that and uh, started a podcast called Audio Branding in November of 2019. And it had already been a going concern, but I think it's become a lot more of a going concern now than it was when I started. <laughs> the last couple of years have mm. shifted a lot of things and oh yeah, audio quality, you might not notice great audio quality, but you're going to notice bad quality. Yes, and most as definitely. A, and as a podcaster, you know this when you are interviewing a guest and their microphone sounds like it's a Campbell's soup can. Kind of, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably dating myself a bit there. Cause, uh, the millennials, That's okay. Uh, I remember what those are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. The millennials are going, what are, you, what, are you, what are you talking about? Why would you talk about a Campbell's soup can? It's like, mm. Google it. I'm sure there's some antique yeah. videos on that. Uh, but. <laughs> But you notice it, and from a listening standpoint, you notice quality audio, and especially with video. And I agree with you. You know, sometimes it'll be like, okay, here's a video. You know, they they got the expensive camera, all the lighting, mm-hmm. everything's great, and then they start speaking, and the quality is not there. You're like. Okay, you're yeah. expecting because you're visually going, okay, this is going to be a quality production. And then the audio kicks in and goes, hmm, okay, that's a little off. And from a branding standpoint, that could be a big difference. Like for me, I'm a public speaker. Mm-hmm. So I you know, go out and speak occasionally. And I haven't had any tomatoes thrown at me yet. Uh, <laughs> Good to uh, know. <laughs> uh, yet. You know, I, the one day I anticipate somebody's just going to do it because I probably mention it too often. So it'll happen. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's like it'll wash off. It gives my dry cleaner something to do. Yeah. But at the end of it, you know, when you're reaching out to event planners or they're watching marketing material or even an intro video explaining why in the world would you want to bring Mike to speak at your event? Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's if it's good quality, they will subconsciously notice it. Maybe consciously they don't pay much attention to it. But again, if it's not great, then they might pick somebody else over you just because of your audio. Yeah, I mean, definitely for voiceover, that happens all the time. If you don't have a good, clean sound as a voiceover person, you're not going to get the job. It's really that simple. But when it comes right down to it, what I was discovering was that a lot of people making videos or content were making the visual part of it and then looking at it and going, oh, oh, yeah, we need a voice on this. Or, oh, oh, yeah, we need a piece of music. Wait a minute. And they were just tacking it on at the end and not giving any thought to it before they actually started the production. So it wasn't a cohesive part of the final. It was just this thing that was tacked on as a Band-Aid at the end, right? And that happens to me a lot, (laughs) you know? The voiceover is like the bow that you put on the present or the icing you put on the cake. And I mean, yeah, okay, it can help elevate a project most definitely. But if you're not thinking about it to start with, I don't know how much good it's going to do you in the end. I mean, it'll help and it can make things sound, you know, higher class or, um, you know, help you connect with an audience because voice does that, as you probably well know. But if you're not thinking about the type of voice that you might want to begin with, then you're not crafting a film that that fits the sound that you're going to put on it. And you're not able to move the piece of music that you have to punctuate the different points in your video that you might want to accentuate. It's it, the music, the sound of a video, of a film, of any piece of content can be a character in and of itself. And it should be a character that contributes, not that fights with. So I think if you think about these things to begin with, you can make a much more cohesive end product that people will be drawn into. And they may not realize why. This is the thing, right? We subconsciously hear sound and it impresses us, but we don't really notice it until it's bad. You know, we can, we, we aren't taken out of the moment if the sound is good. If the sound is bad, it ruins everything. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'll use a, we'll go geek out here for a minute, mm-hmm. Star Wars. Oh, yeah, totally. And, you know, David Prowse, he was the actor that played Darth Vader in the yep. first three movies that came out in the 70s and mm-hmm. 80s. British actor, really tall, so he fit the suit well and all of that. But he had a British accent, and when they filmed all the scenes, they had him speaking the lines. And mm-hmm. there's, you hear some things, and there's videos out there of him delivering uh, his talk, and you're going, okay, this sounds like a, a Monty Python actor yelling at somebody. It's like, it's not intimidating. Mm-hmm. They bring in James Earl Jones, and they have the voiceover and have him do it, and created an absolutely terrifying character. Uh, You know, it's Darth Vader is recognized as probably one of the scariest, you know, villains in the history of film, and it's because yeah, okay, sure, the suit is intimidating and all of that, but it's the voice. Have you seen Obi-Wan yet? I have to ask. Oh, my God. He's even scarier there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was one of those. (laughs) 
Yeah. And well, you know, I, I saw it when I was a kid and yep. you know, of course, you know, my brother did too. My brother, you know, yeah, he, it's probably going you know, to, he's got Star Wars tattoos on his leg. Okay. okay. So yeah. he, he, he loves him some Star Wars, which is yes. great. Um, I did too, but not to the ink uh, degree, <laughs> but uh, which is fine. But again, yeah, yeah. That the Obi-Wan series was, it, it, I expected it to be really good. I was blown away on, on how well it was done. And I obviously don't want to spoil it, but yes, Darth Vader's in it. So um, if you haven't well, watched yeah, it, go get it. They used James Earl Jones's um, sampled voice, basically. It's a, I believe that the company, and in fact, I've talked with Alex, who's the owner, it's a company called Respeacher. Mm-hmm. So they did um, the voice of Luke Skywalker in um, The Mandalorian as mm-hmm. well. So um, because, and it, it's all about permission for this. So the the actors gave permission for this to happen so it's mm-hmm. not like you know this is being done without them approving it but their their voice their previous voice from all the work that he had done with Darth Vader from previous recordings were taken and sampled and then made to say these new things that he was saying in Obi-Wan right mm-hmm. but it it's his voice but it's his voice from like i don't know 20 30 years ago like <laughs> to say they did the same thing with Luke Skywalker Skywalker. So, sound in this case is so integral to what you're listening to, to what you're experiencing, to what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And and it's it just, it can't be replaced. You can't, if you're not hearing that, it's not going to hit you as hard. And, and I will say also, like, I'm not a big horror fan, but if someone makes me um, watch a horror movie because I need to know what's going on or I need some cultural reference that they've they've got to have me understand. I will watch it, okay, but I'll turn the sound off. <laughs> and I can watch it just fine if the sound is off. I don't care how gory it is. <laughs> but if the sound is on, that's when you get freaked out, right? Because the sound telegraphs what might happen around the corner, what's in the basement, you know, how horrifying something is, you know. But when you're not hearing those sounds, you're not as involved. It doesn't give you the emotional context. It doesn't draw you in. So by extrapolation, you can kind of get that it's the the sound that gives you the emotion. And without that, you are missing out on a whole experience that you could be giving your audience. It's like music and soundtracks of movies. Yeah. If, you, if you take the music out of the scene... Hear somebody walking into the room. Okay. You hear the footsteps. Yeah. Whatever. But if there is dramatic music, orchestra typically music playing, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it brings you in and it's so powerful. And again, it's, it, you, know, you close your eyes and you, you could just listen to it without seeing it. And it, it's such a, a moving moment in yeah. some, you know, most films. I saw a film the other day and I couldn't remember what it, oh, it was, um, it was the Gucci movie that came oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was watching it kind of, half watching it anyway because we were watching it at home and one of the things that threw me off about that movie was in some of the scenes they were playing music from the 80s mm-hmm. and for me the music didn't line up with the scene i mean yeah it was of the i just one of the things i noticed like 
I don't know if I would have picked that song for this particular scene. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe I should dig into the lyrics and maybe it did, but for me, it was like, that scene, that song doesn't line up with that. It was just something that I, I happened to notice again, mm -hmm. half paying attention to the movie. Uh, but it's, it's so important to you know, really focus on, on the audio portion of everything you do. Yes. Yeah. It, it makes such a big, big difference. I don't know if you've noticed lately too, but the dialogue in movies is becoming almost unintelligible. <laughs> a lot of people are turning on their closed captioning just so they can understand what the hell's happening on the screen. <laughs> yeah, that's when you know that they don't have the right mix of the the text and the dialogue and mm. the music and other noises in there because yeah. It, otherwise, yeah, you're, you know, you're turning on closed captioning and you're thinking to yourself, okay, so I've hit that age. Great. Not to be. No, you know, you know it's not. It's not us. This is the thing, right? There are so many factors that go into this. And I'll tell you, almost number one of them is that there's 50 people handling the different aspects of filming. But there are two people on set handling the aspects of capturing the sound, <laughs> right? So, so you know, whoever's positioning the mics and all of that, so they don't have a whole, like a lot of them don't have a huge team. They just have a couple of people who are trying to figure this out because all of the movie makers think they can fix it in post. And that is correct to a certain degree, because yes, our technology has gotten a lot better where this is concerned. But at the same time, we also have so many different places we're watching these movies. So we're not just watching them in theaters anymore. We're not, we're watching them on our, on our computer screens, watching Netflix, we're, you know, downloading them from whatever um, cinema is allowing you to rent a movie and just have it on your computer or on your iPad or how people are watching them on their phones. I mean, like, so the, the sound is so variable and yet these movies are made to be heard in certain decibel levels in certain environments. And if we're not hearing them there, there's been no adjustment. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think the movie industry needs to figure itself out at this point because there, there's so many different places this is being heard and they are not making the audio enough um, they're not manipulating it enough that it needs that it that it will work in different environments, which we know are happening right now. I mean, it's not a mystery that not everyone's going into the theater anymore. <laughs> well, I, you know, I have a real life example of that. Uh, not too long ago, I was on a long flight from the West Coast flying back to Toronto mm -hmm. and um Crave, which is a subscription service that we have in Canada. Yeah. It's similar. It's kind of a watered down HBO Max for the Americans that are, <laughs> okay. are listening. So they they had the Batman on there. I've seen that movie in the theater and, mm -hmm. you know, bombastic, lots of noise, yeah. um, you know, really powerful orchestra music and all of that. But I'm watching it on the plane with my earbuds mm -hmm. and on my phone, uh, and it wasn't the same experience. And I noticed it from an audio standpoint. You know, I, yeah. I just noticed it. it's like not as powerful. And as I remember this scene, and it, it, I didn't have the same reaction to it. And at first, I just blamed it. It's like, well, I've already seen the movie. But now, you know, in talking with you, I, I, I realized, wait. No, this is a reason for this. And you hit it yeah. right on where Hollywood needs to go. Okay, 
you are viewing this. Yes, they did it before with okay, four by three or sixteen by nine from a, a visual standpoint. Mm-hmm, you know, back mm-hmm. in the letterbox days, another term the millennials are going. What? <laughs> but I'm, I'm just I'm educating people about history. It's like yeah, yeah. the the yeah. Gen X History Channel. Uh, oh there yes, should, there should be one of those right uh, there with you. Yeah. yeah so because <laughs> we we've seen it all. You know, mm-hmm. we, we've seen we've exposed everything. So I'm making an assumption, Gen X, but you know, uh, but any. Anyway, so they need to do the same thing where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, wh- what type of device are you watching this on? Tablet, okay. Smartphone, okay. Your television, okay. And from there, they can say, okay, we're going to load up this audio track with mm-hmm. the visual. And I think it will make a much better experience for people because, agreed, not everybody's going to Cineplex and yeah. AMC. They're they're staying home. They're being very selective um, yeah. on on going to the movies now. So uh, interesting times for sure. So uh, nice segue into mm-hmm. where do you, where do you see the industry going? You know, with sound and branding and all that over the next few years, where do you see things oh, going? So many places. Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, I think that our voices will operate things a lot more than our fingers will in the coming future, um, and I think that's coming quicker than people think. So it's already happening now with Google Home and Alexa and all of that stuff. But you know, our 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 cell phones do the same thing, our watches do the same thing. Like you know, everything around us, you know, your refrigerator might have a a, a smart speaker on it at some point and it probably it's probably already doing that. And you can order things from your refrigerator directly to replenish what you don't have in there. Uh, there's all sorts of different ways that this is going to happen. But I think also audio branding companies are going to become um, much more savvy about how how they actually create sound systems for their clients. So as a voice actor, I'm part of that system. I don't do that system. So I'm not an audio branding specialist per se, but I talk to a lot of these people. <laughs> and a lot of what I'm seeing is a difference in the types of things that they're doing for people because the touch points are becoming more and more plentiful and they're be- they're they're in so many varied places so you're not just seeing things now on radio and television you're also seeing them on the web you're seeing them in on hold you're seeing them in smart home devices you're seeing them in directional audio within places like museums and grocery stores um, and when I say directional audio, and I just released a podcast about that this morning, a solo episode, uh, I was talking about how you can direct an audio message to some one person standing in a particular space and, and get, you know, and no one around them is hearing the same thing. So, um, Steve Keller, who is the, uh, sonic strategy director for Sirius XM. So S, SXM and, um, Stitcher and Pandora and all of that. Um, they have a studio called Studio Resonate, which is their ad agency, um, their section of ads uh, for Pandora and SXM. And they do a lot of innovative stuff. He did a, text, uh, a TED talk not too long ago, but many, a few years now, where he talked about, I believe it was a New Zealand grocery store that was having people stand on a particular section in front of the bananas. And above you, there was directional sound that that you were, were the only person hearing that 
information about the bananas that you were standing in front of and why you might want to buy them as opposed to another brand, right? <laughs> um, and and that one section, you were hearing it, no one, no one else around you was hearing it. So this is very personal advertising. It's in the sense that, you know, we're used to people sending us ads that are personal to us if we're scrolling through Facebook or Google or whatever, right? Like that is visual, very visual. So when we're getting to the whole audio thing, when that gets personal, then it gets emotional. Because then we have investment. Then it, it hits us deeper. It's, it's one of those things. And, and it's very personal, right? So it, it just amazes me. And there's so much to be done with that. Um, museum displays at the very least. Because if you're standing in front of a museum display and it's, you don't have to listen to it on headphones. The, the audio is just directed directly at you. And you're the only one who hears it. I mean, that's... That's pretty awesome. That's a personal experience that you're having on a historical event or something like that. And it could be very sound designed. There's so much that can be done with this. So it's not only for advertising, it's for everything that we experience and uh, media and entertainment. I think there's, this is going to be revolutionary. So there's so much out there that can be done with sound and healthcare in sound as well. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so much that can be done with healthcare. Because uh, I also had someone else on my podcast, a fellow named Dr. Michael Schutz, who is uh, from McMaster University, actually. And he is talking about making the beeps in hospitals less jarring. And he's a marimba player. So one of the things that he's noticed is that the, the, the cutoff of these beeps is very artificial and abrupt and um, hard on the ears. And if you just let it decay a little, <laughs> you know, it, it would be a lot less hard on us. And there's so much noise in hospitals these days. I think his mother-in-law called it a beeping hellscape. <laughs> so, yeah, lots going on. Yeah, I've worked in healthcare and yeah, I, I know those noises and it's like, oh, you know, and then of course they announce whatever code it is and, yes. you know, and you're, you know, those always scared me. But, you know, one thing I want to mention before I forget about the, you know, the, the audio about, you you know, the standing by the bananas and all that, it yeah. reminded, it reminded me of a trip to Graceland and mm -hmm. walked through Graceland. This was in the late nineties and they gave you some headphones and this device and it kind of navigated you through the different things in the halls and rooms of sure. Elvis's place and all of that and it would explain okay this was um Priscilla's you know favorite place in the house and mm -hmm. you know, looking at plaques and explaining and you know this was a concert that Elvis did at the Pontiac Silverdome and you know just sure. all all of those things and it was like this is kind of neat and of course yeah. it was it was guided you know they had to move you around so you didn't yeah. get out of place but you know Disney's been doing it at their parks for a long time but now that personalized thing even yeah and you know this is not necessarily audio but again where the technology comes into play I interviewed a guy a while ago um, who does a ton of work in AI and mm -hmm. um, he's a season ticket holder for Tottenham, you know, the premier league soccer team or football sure. for the rest yeah. of the world. Yeah. And 
And when they opened up that stadium, they implemented a ton of AI, which of course, you know, voice is going to be a part of that, where if you're a season ticket holder, they know when you come into the building oh, and, they, cool. and okay. they know, and they know what you typically eat. Yeah. So they will send a message on your phone. Would you like your two hot dogs and Coca-Cola today? And even to the point where they have it, whereas a lot of the fans, of course, they're wearing jerseys and, and all of that. And to the point where they'll look at the jersey and they'll say, you know what? That jersey's from three seasons ago. Would you be interested in upgrading your jersey? We know, yeah. you know your size. What number do you want on it? And we're going to give you 25% off if you order it today. And all of a sudden, it's like 25% off? Hey, I'm yeah, sure. I want to get I want to get a new sweater. Awesome. <laughs> and so you do it. And again, it's that point, and you mentioned, you know, where you search something and you know there you start seeing the ads for it all the time on Amazon, yeah, Facebook, definitely. all of that. Same thing with you know the listening devices. You can mention something, and all of a sudden I see an ad on there. I'm like, I yeah. did not, I did not I didn't look search that for that. Up. I don't know where that's coming from. Yeah. You know, so so Big brother's you know, listening. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so if I'm over at a friend's house and stuff, I'll, I'll start saying some you know things that may or may not be inappropriate to see if she shows up in their search stuff and get them in trouble. But I'm always <laughs> I'm perpetually twelve, so I mean that's just going to be a, the way that it is. But not, not too much in trouble, you know. I don't I don't, I don't okay. want them to end in divorce, even though I know a divorce attorney, so I can refer oh, them. Okay, but you know, but I, I'd rather not do that. You know, okay. it's, it's not, you're a good not, friend. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Asterisk, yeah, uh, on occasion. But uh, so, uh, so Jody, I've loved this conversation. Where can people find out more about you and this amazing work you do? Uh, you can find out more information about my voiceovers at voiceoversandvocals.com. And if you're interested in the podcast, that's at audiobrandingpodcast.com. And I also have weekly chats in Clubhouse. I don't know if you're familiar with Clubhouse at all. But uh, yeah, I'm there every Wednesday, usually Wednesdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. There's a different topic every every week. I have a club called The Power of Sound. And uh, actually, there's not a talk today, but there will be next week. And uh, on Thursdays, I talk with um, some colleagues of mine, Cheryl Holling and Anne Ganguza, who are also voice actors and also have podcasts. So we talk about voices in podcasting and kind of like where voiceovers and podcasting meet in the middle and either or. <laughs> and it's a, it's a giant party. We just have a lot of fun and it's often hilarious. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's 2 p.m. Eastern uh, on Thursdays, 2 to 3, just an hour each day. But we have a good time. That's awesome. I'll definitely have all that information on the show. So Jody, thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate you. And I loved our conversation today. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.